Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Frosty Prosty. Uh, ooh. Ooh, frosty Prosty. I don't know what you're into. <laughs> you know, well, we talked about <laughs> corpses don't have to consent, so that's true. Oh. No, I'm not I'm not here. I've never been here to yuck anyone's yum, but after this week there are some yums I want yucked. What, what about a battery operated vagina? <laughs> uh, there goes my quote. <laughs> no. Okay, bad lieutenant talking about first. Bad lieutenant. All right, good. Right out the gate with the weirdo Herzog. I'd rather end with snuff anyway, so. I mean, that feels like a natural ending. That yeah. is not That is not <laughs> something to watch at 3.30 in the morning when you can't sleep. No, it's not something that you can watch at like 8 at night either when you are trying to watch a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird week, y'all. <laughs> By the way, Val Kilmer... Happy to see him. I gotta love a Val Kilmer um, drop in. Yeah, um, pretty small role. Small role. I like when he still gets to be wacky, but I do like that this is the beginning of like doughy Val Kilmer. Yeah. Um, did you guys ever watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I love that yeah. movie. That movie love fucking it. rules. My yeah, favorite great. part. <laughs> my favorite part in that is Robert Downey Jr.'s like. How'd you get away? And he's like, I shot him with a gun, a tiny, a tiny revolver. I keep it near my balls. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great movie. It's a great movie, but it's too realistic for her, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Hey, Doesn't, Nick. Like, Abraham Lincoln walks in at one point. Anyway, uh, go yeah, ahead. It's crazy. This is not the time for a fake segue. How, how do you like being on uh, their podcast about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Oh, that's mm. fine. I guess it's better and more relatable <laughs> to me than a Burn Notice podcast. <laughs> but either way, welcome back to Cage Match, colon, a roundabout way of meeting Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Motherfucker, we got there. Oh, beautiful! That was a power play. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm your host with the most, and I'm joined here with with our, our other guy, Sean. It's Sean. Yep, and our producer Peter. Hello, and today's guest, Josh. Hey, everybody! I am on this podcast talking about eight millimeter and port of call new orleans and my wife is getting ready to teach our youth what the hell is wrong <laughs> i mean arguably, I you are, you're also teaching our youth right now so thank oh, you oh, for doing your that, service that's cool that's I, good. I really appreciate you guys picking up the slack here because i cannot follow any of this conversation <laughs> yeah you know it's <laughs> we're gonna make uh peter's life a living hell for the next week or whatever well it's been over a year so yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah no change fair. so Josh, uh, I want to ask you some questions. What, uh, which movie brought you here? Please tell me there's just one. Because if you're here to like advocate for both movies, I really got questions. Uh, also, if you're here to advocate for specifically <laughs> one movie, I have questions. <laughs> which uh, one do you feel strongest about? And which one are we going to judge you about? Mm, there's no correct answer. There is no correct answer about the strength of feeling. Uh, for either of them, but the one that actually brought me here is Bad Lieutenant, colon, Port of Call, semicolon, et cetera, et cetera. New Orleans. Right, yeah. Parentheses, um, not a sequel. Yeah, not a sequel, nor is it a remake. Mostly because I watched a lot of Herzog films. I took a Werner Herzog in documentary course in college and everything, and <laughs> I know. I Ooh la la, college boy. Uh, no, I know, it's ridiculous. But yeah, that was the one I was like, okay, that is a that is a weird fucking movie. That's going to be interesting to talk about. Little did I know it was going to be in the serious bracket, but that's okay. Um, yeah, that's the one that that, that brought me. Now, 
Peter was working with what, what information he had. Yeah, I was also basically having a fever dream at that point. I had watched so many fucking trailers and was just sort of like grasping at straws on how to categorize all these things based on vibe from like marketing companies. Not the best. Yeah, you can't, you can't. Well, and also with Werner Herzog movies, you can't really, um, you can't really market them. They're almost unmarketable. But um, when you were having that fever dream, what sort of reptiles did you see? Oh, all of them. Okay. All the best ones, at least. Good. Iguanas, mostly. The one that not was iguanas. not an iguana. Not yeah. iguanas. Yeah. <laughs> iguanas, not iguanas. There was a crocodile. There was a crocodile. Or, yeah. That would be a gator. Yeah, yeah it would have been, yeah, right. been a gator. It's awfully hot up in here. So this is the first film we've watched that has come to us in, with iguana vision. Yes. Yes, iguana vision, which is like shitty, like, shitty, like it's like, shitty technicolor, <laughs> yeah. shitty technicolor, like filmed on a camcorder. I eye level. believe how long iguana vision went on. Oh, man. Oh. What was your favorite Iguana Vision? Was, was there more than one? There's two Iguana Visions. Plus, cro- uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a Gator Vision. There's a Gator, Gator Vision at one point. Yeah, I remember Gator Vision. I liked Gator Vision, actually. Yeah. Gator, Gator Vision, Vision was pretty good. In the ditch. Yeah. yeah. After, like, just looking longingly at its buddy who's been run over on the freeway. It's still yeah. twitching. It's still yeah. twitching. <laughs> After Feruza Balk shows up. Holy shit. Yeah, I no, wasn't no. expecting her. I wasn't expecting that much of her either. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's I'm, true. <laughs> Just saying, I was like, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I I enjoy uh, I enjoy a mostly naked lady in boots, but you have to take everything else. You have to take the boots off before you take everything else off and put the boots back on. It seems like a lot of work. Well, he slapped the boots and was like, <laughs> No, I know. I'm just saying. It's I mean, there's some I, setup that's required. He I, was so fucking drugged out in that scene. It's just like ah, he wouldn't care. Like she's got all the time in the world to change. I mean, he didn't because he all he wanted was her to steal drugs for him yeah I, I i did appreciate the uh the the effort though i mean like a for effort yeah it really left me kind of b for boots <laughs> <laughs> like everything else in these movies it just kind of left me feeling confused and a little bit aroused yeah yeah that's about right yeah that, we're that's... also talking about eight millimeter this week so just Boy. fucking strap in confused and, and strap on oh, oh. so port of call uh new orleans is about uh, Terrence McDonough, uh, Nicholas Cage's character, he starts off as an officer, shitty like detective, a shitty, shitty cop, a shitty yeah. detective, the level under lieutenant, a sub lieutenant, and he's hanging out uh, with Val Kilmer. Uh, there's a prison uh, prisoner that's drowning in uh, dirty river water post Katrina. Stevie Pruitt is yeah. Stevie head. Pruitt, yeah. I've got the cast. He's got like there three scenes, and, and well, he's kind of a dick. Spoiler alert: exhibits in this. Um. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yo, dog. I I heard you like dogs, dog. Um, I heard you had your dad's dog, dog. <laughs> anyway, so Cage and Kilmer are hanging out. There's a prisoner trying to drown, or not trying to drown, but actually, <laughs> they really they really fuck up his trying to drown. Yeah, he, he was. He He's was, like, just leave me with these fucking snakes in the water. And so, like, they're taking bets on on his um whether he's gonna die or whatever like time of death and everything and then nick cage just starts stripping off his shoes after he lets us know that he's wearing 55 dollar boxers mm-hmm. um and he jumps in to save the prisoner cut to he gets awarded uh promoted at, to lieutenant but he also fucked himself up uh i have in. to imagine there were stairs like not far from there oh yeah and he landed right on him 
and it turned him into like this twisted little man. Yeah, some um, weird like crippled Quasimodo. Yeah, exactly. He had like crippled or Quasimodo. I, I, <laughs> I love that word. Crippled her. Crippled her. Um, yeah, let's all keep saying it so there's no chance of Peter <laughs> editing can't it edit out. This out now. That's it. If you get it in triplet, I can't get, get it out of there. That's boys, the deal boys, I made boys. with the devil. Hold, hold on, boys. One, two, three. Crippled her. <laughs> In triplicate? What am I going to do? There you go. You Crippled her. Come I at hardly me. knew her. Come at me, government. <laughs> oh. I thought, I, wait, we are talking about 8mm now? Oh, God. Uh. Um, anyway, so, yeah, he he um, he gets promoted. Um, he After seeing the doctor, uh, they give him a prescription for, like, Vicodin, and apparently he's going to be on it the rest <laughs> of his life, according to the doctor, because that's how that works. It's weird that they promoted him to the role of bad lieutenant. <laughs> it's really weird, but, I mean, like, you wouldn't have a movie otherwise. And right? then everyone was then everyone was upset that he was such a dickbag? Yeah, it's like, no, you made him bad lieutenant. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, like, he understood the assignment, clearly. <laughs> Port of call still New Orleans. <laughs> So who else is in this? Um, Eva Mendez, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Frankie. The Frankie, who also is married to Ken uh, in real life, and they have kids. Ryan Gosling. Oh, I didn't know that. that. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, in fact, Ryan Gosling's daughter is the one that had the Ken doll that was face down in the sandbox that convinced him to take the role of Ken in the Barbie movie. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Eva Mendez plays Frankie, his girlfriend. I yeah. will say, I did really like their chemistry more in this when they were both like, playing coked out of their mind than either of them in Ghost Rider oh together. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My God. So he gets promoted. Um, he develops this habit of doing drugs. Um, I wonder where that came from. I don't know. It's weird. It's like it's part of being bad lieutenant. Um, Here's your gun. <laughs> Here's your overly sized, dirty, hairy gun that you're just going to keep in your waistband. We got to talk about and that. your Vicodin. Like, what the fuck? Why does he just keep it so like cavalierly tucked in his waistband? That thing could just fall out at yeah, any fucking. But time. if he didn't do that, he wouldn't have been able to prove that he was a cop by just showing his dick gun. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call this? What do you call this? I kind of wish it was a gun that he kept in his balls. Like that would have been so much better. That's yeah, true. yeah. I still contend that. The best dick gun is always going to be Tom Savini's dick gun from Dusk Till Dawn. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah. the best dick gun because it is a dick gun. What yeah. about what about what about Jokers from 1989 Batman that just keeps going and going? And sorry, I'm hitting the equipment. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty good too. That's, that's a good also, dick that gun. is a good one. Yeah, Frankie's his girlfriend. He goes to visit Frankie. Frankie is a sex worker in New Orleans. Uh, there's some sort specifically of specifically what kind of sex worker. <laughs> Uh, a prosy, yeah, I believe is what we called. One hundred percent pro. Yeah, she's she is a pro. Yeah, she is a pro. I mean, you know, and she's one of the good ones because she gets the high end hotels and yeah, that's true. She gets and the then she who bring her coach uses her uh, cop boyfriend to shake them down. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good system. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, like that until I mean, it's not. I mean, that's the life of a prostitute. It's all good until it's not. Are, are we talking specifically about the fact that it, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, she winds up pregnant? Is that the bad? <laughs> yeah. Is that how it breaks bad for her? Uh, but she gave up all the good <laughs> stuff just to be pregnant. Like she was doing drugs and having fun. And now she's not doing drugs and presumably not hoeing herself out. Oh, she's just pregnant. Yeah. Disappointing yeah. from cool to family mom in like. Three scenes. It yep. could happen to you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's <laughs> the, the greatest story ever told. I do, I do want to circle back to the ending there, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. Circle back to the ending. Yep. Yeah. Well, so we're we'll logically circle way. back to it at the end <laughs> yeah. of it. 
So uh, Nick Cage gets assigned to this murder. It was a bunch of uh, Im- undocumented immigrants from Senegal who were shot execution style. <laughs> um, and uh, so that is kind of the genesis of the, the, the plot of the movie. He's chasing down, trying to solve this particular crime. Can you do me a favor, Josh? When you say plot of the film, do it more sarcastically. Oh, uh, you didn't you didn't you didn't hear my quotation marks? <laughs> Could be heavier next time. Yeah. Okay. The plot of this film. The plot of this film. So it sounds like you have opinions, Sean. <laughs> it does sound like you have opinions. Uh, I'm, I'm working off I'm working off three hours sleep, so yes, I have opinions. They're mostly about the three of you and how much I hate all of you. Fair. Sean could be a bad lieutenant. Have we ever thought about that? <laughs> I do have that great hunch. You do. You do. So he goes through and starts um, uh, investigating that. He starts shaking people down. He He's actually pretty fucking good at his job, surprisingly. For being so fucked up on opioids all the time. All yeah. the goddamn time. Well, doing, opioids well, and coke. Yeah. He starts off just taking a bump at the beginning of this film, and within 20 minutes... It's just like drooling, hunched, like wreck of a man. Yeah. Yeah. No, he 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 starts near the top of the roller coaster and then it's straight fucking down. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what that year gap gives us right. between yeah. being hurt. And he does go insane very quickly yeah. in this movie. I, th- I think that his body chemistry just doesn't work with the uh, painkillers he was given. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was like, oh, he also I- mixes him with heroin. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he was real yeah. disappointed. Yeah, he was with really that. disappointed. With understandably, that. I've yeah. never put heroin up my nose, but Mm-mm. I can only imagine that you would immediately know the difference between that and coke. And yeah, yeah, it would not be. I mean, it's the exact opposite of what you want. And then you got to go see your your uh, sex worker girlfriend to get coke off of one of her uh, clients, her Johns. Yeah, one of her Johns. Through a series of events, he uh, finds the only witness to the murder, which is this 15-year-old boy named Justin, shakes down his grandma, who's giving... Is she supposed to be giving a haircut to the old lady with the which, oxygen? Which clearly she's wearing. Wig, right? Yeah, she's yeah. wearing an old lady wig. I think yeah. she's just treating the wig. It's it's a feel good for both people. So he shakes down uh, the grandma to get to the um, to get to the witness. Uh, loses the witness when he goes to pick up his uh, girlfriend in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, was it was it Mobile or Biloxi? Biloxi. Biloxi. It was Biloxi. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Excuse <laughs> me. Let's get the details right on this. <laughs> Mississippi. Which shithole are we talking about? Uh, Alabama towns all sound the same. All she'd been same. Uh, she'd been roughed up by yep. her John. Yep. Who has connections? Has connections. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got connections. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That guy oh, was yeah. the best. I oh, fucking yeah. love that actor. I can't remember his name. Oh yeah. He's uh he plays the other PI or whatever in the newer Perry Mason series. Oh, oh, so. oh okay. Yeah. Shit. The one that on guy's H- cool. On, oh on yeah. Max. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on Max. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, it goes to pick the soon to be defunct streaming service. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Thanks, Zaslav. Uh, um okay so uh they lose track of justin in a sad casino in biloxi mississippi um he has to go find him again he's chasing down this kingpin that um is named uh big fate played by exhibit uh who you might remember from pimp my ride i i liked exhibit's <laughs> performance in this. oh yeah 100 yeah. percent. it was great 
Um, I don't think anyone gave a bad performance in this film. Yeah, nobody gave a bad performance in this film. It was. I say that. I now I'm thinking about to it. say that Nicolas Cage's performance is good. I was gonna say, except for Nicolas Cage. Right. Nicolas Cage is pretty bad. He did oh, perform I, though. I think <laughs> badly. I think his performance is unhinged. Good unhinged. It, it, I think it's a conceit of um, Herzoginess. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've never watched a Herzog film before. So is this like? Oh, you said hurt sogginess all i heard was hard sogginess and i'm like yeah this movie yeah, is kind of like, hard soggy you, you've We're seen not, how many to describe it it's he's a hard soggy movie all of those opioids of course it's a hard soggy movie <laughs> i don't that? think opioids ever left me hard and soggy mostly like soft and dry oh really oh he's probably got the coke sweats too oh you know, that'll like, do it so he's uppers and downers a good mix of the two yeah i know about that yeah yeah so he's cross-wired all the time which is why he's fucking crazy so eventually uh he uh, she's got a name it's frankie (laughs) so eventually uh cage gets into some trouble with some uh mobsters who uh he owes money to through his bookie um and uh it's something like five grand but they're demanding 50 uh so he decides once he's introduced to big fate who walks into the fucking police station with his lawyer um all the criminals in this movie are awful and they all do criminal activities in the police station openly like his bookie just walks in he's like where's my fucking money dude like in front of every other detective at the end of the film shows up with like here's all your winnings dude it's like yep and then the guy who like tried to have him killed walks in be like we're cool like i don't know what happened to those guys you killed but we're cool I think it's less of a, an indictment on the criminals being bad than the police being department is just corrupt. garbage. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, mean, both are true. Both things can be true. You've I, got multiple cops stealing from property rooms. Oh, both including, staters including uh, and Michael Shannon. Yeah, Michael yes, Shannon. Munt. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, like, so. Holy shit, that was Michael Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was Michael Shannon. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Exhibit. So he winds up getting a bunch of uh, (laughs) getting uh, a stealing a bunch of drugs when he tells some other cops that the scale is broken. He'll weigh it later. He conveniently, it's just enough to cause a felony when he reweighs it on the new scale. He uses the surplus that he steals from them to form a drug selling alliance with Big Fate. He's trying to get his money back to pay his bookie. The Italian mobsters show up and they uh, uh want to do a rape want to do a rape they want to take the money and the drugs from big fate and from nick cage uh then a firing uh like a like a shootout happens i, I prefer calling it a firing that's a firing <laughs> i i'm firing you from life um a shootout <laughs> happens and then we get to see a soul dance and then we get to see a soul dance and, you and have then to, the return of iguana vision a return of iguana vision that's right there's so much iguana vision um, I have a real big question about the soul dance, and why is it that they didn't even bother concealing that the dancing soul had a mohawk? Yeah, I I don't know. It's like almost as bad. Have you ever seen uh, Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park? Oh yeah, yeah. Because Ace Frehley, Ace Frehley's stunt, a, his stunt double is black, a black dude riding the roller coaster, and. Well, you can really see it like when he jumps over a fence and it's just a black dude's hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like 100% full Ace Freely face yeah. paint. Yeah. Incredible. It's fucking crazy. Is Ace Freely not black? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay. So. Um, no one wants to be Ace Freely. Wrapping it up no, quickly. Nobody wants to be Peter. Yeah. 
Stormare? Peter Chris. Peter, nobody Chris. wants to be Peter, Peter Chris. Peter Chris is the cat hey. child. He's the drummer. Yeah, fuck it, him and fuck Beth. That's a it, terrible song. I was song. about to say, let's, let's all sing. Everyone wants to be Peter Stormare, though. Fuck you. Everybody yeah, does want to be Peter Stormare. And we'll talk about that on the next <laughs> movie. Um, wrapping this up, uh, he uh, Cage convinces Big Fate to celebrate with his lucky crack pipe. What? You don't have a lucky crack pipe? Um, Amateur. Has his partner plant that at the scene of the the murder of the immigrants from from Senegal and arrests Big Fate. Um, Val Kilmer wants to shoot him, kill him right there so he doesn't get away. But Nick Cage steps in and says, no, you got to do it. Because of that, he gets to have uh, Frankie pregnant with his child and promoted to captain. Wait, Frankie was promoted to captain? Yeah. Or his child was promoted to captain. No, no, Nick Cage was, he gets both of those things. He gets a pregnant Frankie and promoted to captain. I tossed the Blu-ray in, really enjoyed the shit out of it. Wait, you have the Blu-ray of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, do you, oh does it have that's, Herzog? This Kong? is the one that that's I sent you that uh, ad from. Did you guys watch that trailer of oh, it? I forgot to. Oh, man, so my, uh, my Blu-ray has the coolest trailer on it, and it's for <laughs> uh, like a, a service provided by Suicide Girls. I knew a Suicide Girl. Oh, nice. Well, we're going to get into that. Because uh, that's way more important than the rest of this movie. Uh, but yeah, it's just like a three minute trailer of them being like, join us and we'll teach you all these things that you need to know, like how to do your taxes, how to fake an orgasm. <laughs> like all these- I mean, the two Wait, big this was on the, the Blu-ray? Two big things. Yeah. For the people who don't know, Suicide Girls are just like uh, cam girls from the 90s. They like just pranced around. Proto, and like Proto cam girls. Yeah, it was kind of like the the early days of showing your vagina for the internet uh, to people who pay in live streams. It was early OnlyFans. Sometimes buttholes too. It was a a really cool girl named um, Lindsay uh, from Oklahoma City. This uh, is where I imagine many suicide girls absolutely. come from. Absolutely, yeah. She she was kind of a badass and way too cool for me. Uh, shockingly, oh my god! <laughs> Listen to this guy talk hey, about you're rumors. in your friend Peter's basement recording a Nicolas Cage podcast. That's true. Oh man, come a you... long way from Broken Bow era, Ark and era. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You've peaked, my friend. <laughs> I'm peaking I, I don't know now. states, but yeah. So um, the the funny story about her is her name was uh, Lindsay, and uh, she told me that um, when her uh, parents were pregnant, her mom wanted to name her Stevie after Stevie Nicks. And her dad said, fuck that. No, Stevie's a boy's name. We're not naming her Stevie. We're going to name her Lindsay after Lindsay Buckingham, famously the male guitarist of Fleetwood Mac. So he named his girl after a boy because he didn't want to name his girl after the girl with a boy's name. I always thought that was fucking incredible. And I was like, that's pretty funny. And she laughed about it. I, I love that it's still like two from the same band even i know, I know right? and, and two from it's like the we s- both really love fleetwood mac yeah and and it was uh the two that just like were constantly constantly going through relationships together yeah right? yeah, yeah breaking up the band yeah not that's, necessarily no, but that's pretty much it yeah. yeah long and short of it but yeah that's the rumor <laughs> <laughs> fuck all right what did you guys actually think of this movie um, I, uh, my opinion is well known at this point. <laughs> I truly enjoyed watching it. It is absurd. It's terribly done. It's got <laughs> awkward insertions of like 
poorly constructed drug induced dream sequences and like hallucinations but it's it's also got parking lot hand jobs oh (laughs) oh or when he like just get back here and you watch what she's doing oh it wasn't even a hand job he was just straight up boning this chick in a parking lot and forcing this dude to watch it after he steals their crack and heroin that's true and after she shotguns him with crack (laughs) yeah yeah i never thought i'd watch a movie with nick cage smoking this much crack but i'm glad it happened he seems to know how to do it too i will say this film was i had a lucky crack pipe this movie's a ride it's fucking it goes in a lot of different places i don't think any of them are good (laughs) but it was entertaining but no everything about this movie's awful (laughs) One of my big notes was this movie's fucking tight. I loved it. I think it was so stupid and fun. Yeah. Like it was yeah. dumb as shit. And I, I had a blast. Like the cinematography you, is Peter. fucking awful. Agreed. The direction is awful. Agreed. Nick Cage is in a rare, rare circumstance, fucking awful. Agreed. You can dunk I, on it all you want. I, I love this fucking movie. I, I completely <laughs> disagree that he was awful. I think he was fucking fun- fantastic in this in an unhinged cartoonish sort of way but right? we've seen that in better projects with better nick cage nick True. cage's performance is a 1 a.m double quarter pounder with cheese <laughs> yeah it's not made with love it's sloppy <laughs> as shit it's gonna get on everything but it's still okay but you're still not sad about <laughs> yeah, it yeah you're satisfied at the end yeah, at this at the end you, you well, get no, a couple at the, of the, at the end tacos. you feel you at the end you feel bad about the decisions you've made in the process, it's isn't okay. that the same as satisfaction? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've like, been doing this wrong. Um, should we do quotes before we? Yeah, move we should. On? Yeah, we yeah. should do quotes. Uh, the, the the shooting shoot him again. His so- because his soul is still dancing is is the one that is. Uh, it's the one that all of the reviewers that gave this widely positive reviews latched onto. So yeah, my uh, my quote is when he's threatening a little old lady and then threatening. Her caretaker, because like they're gonna blame the caretaker if the little old lady dies. I'm working on an hour and a half of sleep in the last three days. I'm trying to remain courteous. I'm beginning to think that's getting in the way of me being effective. I thoroughly enjoyed just his conversation with uh, Stevie about the iguanas when they're on their stakeout, and it's just Terrence saying, "What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table?" There ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. Ain't no iguana. What the fuck is that? Fucking iguana. <laughs> and just like taps an iguana. It's like, and it cuts to a like a two minute scene of just iguana crawling. Iguanas like basically singing the song that's in the soundtrack. I don't. It, it's <laughs> yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. All and well, one Nick- of them, only one of them is an iguana. No, the other one's like a bearded dragon. Yeah, or the other shit. one's a bearded dragon. Also, while Nick Cage just stares into the camera. Yep. Yeah. With that, like, half, like, fucking stoned out of his mind smile. Oh, my God. Like, this is... I went to art college, and this is... This movie is everything I hated about fucking art college. Yeah, Uh, You're not going to like any Werner Herzog movies, then. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) You know, there was this one... We were talking about how it was shittily directed and everything like that. I I don't necessarily fully agree with that, but I see see your point. This is a movie... It's not consistent. It's yeah, it's wildly inconsistent. Um, but there's this one point uh, on set where Nick Cage stops down filming and asks for a moment of silence so he could make an announcement. And as soon as everything quiets down, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, 
here's a man who knows what he's fucking doing. And it's because Werner Herzog only shoot sets up um, scenes and shots that he knows he's going to use in the film. And he doesn't set up alternative angles. So he doesn't have anything else to cut to in edit. And Nick appreciated the hell out of that. Apparently hmm. it means you get to go home early. Yeah, that's true. And, and he, he also brought the production to new Orleans cause it was originally supposed to be in New York. But he Boo. he brought it to New Orleans because <laughs> That's let me where let me see is. let let me see if I if I get my quotation marks here he wanted to help the city out post Katrina I mean he I does mean, he love did. the city he, does he, does. Love the city. he loves the city um but yeah I mean it's also convenient for him because he also has a house there and a death pyramid that he'll be buried in we're gonna visit it Port of Call New York doesn't ring the same to me no it doesn't fuck that no. no. Also, how do you insert so many alligators and iguanas in? That's a good point. Very I mean, fair. it would have the been iguana, the, igu the iguanas were purely hallucinatory. You can hallucinate an iguana fucking anywhere, Nick. Challenge accepted. That 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 just means like the the iguana vision is basically super eight millimeter videotape. Well, you done fucked up because that would have been a great segue. That's yeah, kind of right. Too bad we missed that chance. Yeah, I, I, I was setting it up. I was putting it on a tee. I think the uh, Seattle Super 8 Film Festival was just this last weekend, and I'm really curious how much snuff they showed there. What, did Nick Cage just show up and start randomly t walking up to people asking for snuff? Because mm. he did a lot of that in the other movie. Hey, yeah. Peter, did I miss a segue? You, you did. did. <laughs> Eight millimeter. Yep. Directed by Joel Schumacher of Batman and Robin fame. Bat nipples. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was totally going to bring my Batman McDonald's <laughs> glasses. I went down to my parents' house and uh, I, this is, I got this is, this is the international symbol for glasses? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I do feel like... I, I do, I I do love the physical comedy that we do on this audio <laughs> podcast. Audio medium. <laughs> Sean, I, I do feel like we missed an opportunity, though, with this episode. I guess it's not too late. We we should probably co-opt nipplesonthebatsuit.com. I do still own it. <laughs> you do oh, still own shit. that. It's gotta it's gotta happen. You can click one of the nipples to get to <laughs> Apple or uh, Spotify <laughs> to leave your recommendations or your reviews, your five star reviews, I... or just as like little fingers that as you get closer they pinch. <laughs> All right, Schumacher is one of those directors who is astounding at like framing and is really good at his job. Yep. And he made the worst Batman movies. Oh, yeah. And that is ultimately what he's remembered for in, I think, our generation. And I watched this film and it is a hard watch. And I didn't like 90% of it. I didn't like watching 90% of it, but I admired every aspect of it. I will say like 43 minutes into the movie had this feeling of this movie's not the fucking train wreck I was led to believe. I don't necessarily like it, but it's not necessarily a horror film it's a good film that deals with a lot of rough shit and yeah. doesn't shy away from it it's an uncomfortable watch up until you just get to the revenge fantasy at the end yeah and then it's a fucking ride <laughs> yeah it's a fucking ride it like it all comes loose it all goes off the rails at that point so nick cage plays a uh private eye or you know an investigator a dick he, a private dick yeah he watches Aren't all dicks private? have you met me I have you watched this movie? I have, but I haven't met your dick, so that's that's probably a good thing. I've met it once, cusp by the moonlight. I like that that's your go-to for most dick talk. <laughs> Just yours. <laughs> 
Which I've, is most of your dick talk. To be fair, so. I've seen... You can't keep Peter's dick out of your mouth. You just keep talking to be Listen, to, it's a good dick. To be fair... Especially just on the cusp of the moonlight. To be fair, of the four of us sitting it's, at this table, I've seen three of the dicks at this table. Oh, wow. So I'm the only private dick. Also, why, <laughs> why do you have your dick uh, mic'd? Is it gonna is it going to say something? Listen, man. Dick farts. <laughs> All right, moving on. Please continue summarizing. Uh, so, wee <laughs> wee, oui, oui, I am Peter's dick. <laughs> I am an old French woman. Laissez faire. <laughs> uh, eight millimeter. Yep. So, Nick Cage is a private eye. He watches some sketchy porno at the behest of a client and then goes on an adventure trying to find the porn star. It's a snuff film, and he's trying to prove that, trying to find out whether or not the film is legit. Allegedly a snuff film. Yeah, I, I, I saw <laughs> Spoiler, Josie, it is. I saw Josie and Nick at a, uh event the other day, and I pulled them aside and said, you know, I'm glad I watched 8mm, because now I know that I don't like snuff. Imagine I didn't if, see enough of the movie to make a firm opinion on that, uh, so I'm still on the fence. Yeah. Just imagine, like, imagine if you went into this film and came out of it the other side and be like, well, yeah, I mean, this movie had the best cast of like background characters. It was so colorful because you just get all perverts who listen to a lot of Aphex Twin. Yeah, they really do. And Danzig. Yep. Um, it was a time. Oh, wait, are we talking about Frank Sabatka from that uh, Union uh, season of uh, The Wire? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the cast is really good, though. So yeah. you've got Cage, okay. Cage is Tom Wells. Joaquin Phoenix is Max California, yeah. which is so cool. Absolutely. Great name and great character. James Candelfini is Eddie Poole. Yep. Peter Stormare as Dino Velvet. Dino Come Velvet. On, man. Yeah. Then you've got uh, like Catherine Keener's in there in arguably the worst performance in this entire oh, movie. She's worst. so fucking flat. Like it, they don't give her any business to do. And she just carries that baby around like it's a fucking a sack of groceries with the, like the carrots and baguettes sticking out like you see in all of the movies about going to a grocery store or whatever. Her role is better there. than carrying it around like a bowling ball. By the eyes and mouth. <laughs> if those are the holes you choose. Hey, man, it's your baby. Carry it how you like. <laughs> Just picking up a child. Look, man, if Thumb we're going to talk mouth. about that in Aww. any episode, it's going to be this episode. You Just better. make sure you tape it because there's I sickos out there who want to see. Talk yourself, talk yourself into a ball shape or else you're going to hurt your fontanelle. I do. <laughs> hey, kiddo, just grab your toes. Keep it tight. <laughs> Stormare does stand out in this, as he does in everything. When you want greasy, you get Urbisi. Yeah. And when you want just sick fuck, you get Stormare. I know it doesn't rhyme, but you get what you get. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is our triple dip on Stormare, too. Yeah. Okay, so we had... Uh, Rage. Rage. Rage and Windtalkers. Yeah, because remember oh, yeah, in Windtalkers, yeah. he's the, like... The Swede. Sergeant yep. or the he's, lieutenant or yeah, whatever. That's, that's right. I yep. forgot about Windtalkers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about Peter Stormare and Dino Vincent. Uh, Dino Vincent. Dino Velvet. No, no. Dino, Dino, Dino Velvet, not the Smooth. actual, like, singer or whatever. Um, have you all done... Of course not. I listened to the be this podcast. You haven't done this yet. I would like to ask y'all a question. Um, and the question is this. That's, no. a, that's a great preamble. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm as good as uh, at preambles as you are at segues. Ooh, <laughs> guest burn. <laughs> so question. Um, they all get one. Is <laughs> It's in the writer. <laughs> is Dino Velvet the best 
character in a Nick Cage movie that is clearly supposed to be a Nick Cage character not played by Nick Cage. Mm. Because if you were to reboot this movie now, remake it, he totally would play Dino Velvet. Oh, no, he wouldn't. Yeah, he would. You don't think he would want to say the line, you don't want a franchise, do you? Steal my secret recipe to my secret hot sauce. That is a very cagey line. <laughs> I, I do kind of think, okay, the only one that I think would maybe be a contender would be Cyrus the Virus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to go with uh, Frozen Ground here because yeah. flip the, flip Nicolas the Cage... The director originally wanted Nick Cage to play the serial killer, and Nick Cage didn't want to. Oh. So when we're talking about playing a creepy pervert, like I don't I don't see Nick Cage taking on that role. Yeah. I would I would love to watch him play it. I don't think Nick Cage is creepy enough. Shoot him shoot him in the neck, nick that jugular vein. Wait, no, this is wrong. This is this is bad. Not like this. <laughs> Supposed to die cinematically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is great. I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Maybe uh, it could happen to you. I'd love to see a role reversal there. Oh, so he would he would play the waitress. <laughs> yeah. So he would play the Bridget Fonda role. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like that, that movie's already so barely actually. I want him to play the, the wife true in story. that role. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wait, oh, the Rosie yeah. Perez role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see if I can do a Nick Cage tune Rosie Perez real quick. Uh, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> hey, you, at least you got melanin. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. But yeah, so 8mm. I like the fact that, like, off the top, we get that sternum bush mm -hmm. during he... the sex scene where he, he's, he and Catherine Keener are getting down and he said, I missed you. Never say I miss you when you're having sex. That just, it, uh, it's so sad. It's so sad. Well, like, their relationship's sad. Was he also, talking to her or... Uh, her no. vagina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, Fair this. point. Fair point. Because her I mean, character... you. You. I said you, right? <laughs> I missed this. Oh, no, you. New, so, you, sweetie. And also, is okay. that is that kid's name actually Cinderella? No, it's Cindy. But he called her Cinderella. I mean... But I mean, I mean they never, they never clarified. <laughs> they never clarified. It could be Cinderella. I mean, it's Cindy not Cinderella. It's a, it's a pet name. It has to Cinderella be. Wells? We're talking about a movie made by the man that put nipples on the bat suit. It's I, probably Cinderella. It's yeah. probably Cinderella. So it seems weird to give her a, a nickname that is never expressly stated as a nickname. A lot about this. Both these movies is weird. I will say this. Both is, these it, movies is weird. <laughs> yeah, both these movies is this weird. This has Sean. to be English language weird, too. Again, Wait, which one of us honestly, is from Oklahoma? I pray. I pray. These movies is weird is probably the best way to sum up this fucking week. I, pre I think that I, should be a T-shirt. I preempted this by telling you I've been up since 3.30, so fuck all you. <laughs> Oh, God oh, on you, me. You got Sparkle Buddy on Nick and your computer. You are a good podcaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything leaves sticky from this place. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another. I think he's great in this film. Like, he yeah. gives it his all. He is, in my opinion, doing a great job, but he is getting outshone by... Max California. Oh, yeah. Walk Max Galif I mean, California steals the movie. <laughs> Max Gandolfini. <laughs> yeah. Max Gandolfini. I kind of felt like his uh, performance for the first, I don't know, hour of it was really subdued and sleepy. Well, he's not like his character, like 
doesn't believe any of this is real and is it's just a job to him until it's not and then it's yeah he's extreme. a normal guy getting thrust into like a very abnormal world but like even his like home life he is fucking sleepy smoking is that the is oh, that yeah. the first thing i get when i get home I, you're married I, yeah i don't have that type of subdued conversation with my wife though <laughs> are you lying to your wife about smoking no because i'm allergic to tobacco i did not you know that yeah, yeah that's <laughs> literally cannot smoke because my lungs are dainty tulips <laughs> <laughs> you could try boofing one of those zins you know, like that entire time that Kavanaugh was uh, like, like going through his congressional hearing, I was like, that's not the definition of boofing that I know. <laughs> yeah, no, not what I've heard. That's I mean, like it does involve the butt somehow. So this fair topic for this <laughs> as uncomfortable as I was for watching like two thirds of this movie, I did think it was a very solid film. Like, it was not nearly the train wreck I thought it would be. Yeah, that was the surprise for me, too. I didn't think it was nearly there. And, and there's there was a certain point where, you know, films started at a baseline of good. And whether or not, you know, they were really noteworthy uh, depended on, like, you know, overall performance, writing, direction, et cetera, et cetera. And now it's just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and everything like that. So like the overall quality of films that we're seeing now is less than what was being produced 1999 and earlier. Yeah. I don't feel like I have the same kind of stakes in movies now. Like, yeah. Uh, if I had gone to the theater to see this, that would have been awesome that they let me in. Cause I was a child, <laughs> but uh, and it would also would have been awesome. Cause you would pay like six bucks. If that. So, machine is the like actor person who does the murder in the snuff film yeah when nick cage goes to storm air he hires him to like do a film yeah he commissions, commissions a film, film yeah and he goes to this spot isn't that like where the big shootout in robocop happens is that the same set they it's have a similar look but no the robocop set is more industrial this is still kind of commercial okay well and like, this is a commercial space robocop's industrial well robocop is in uh detroit, detroit yeah so you're yeah. gonna get a lot of those like super industrial locations just, for that similar I, vibe but I, yeah it has yeah. a very similar vibe i also don't assume anything peter weller gets it in the brain pan <laughs> that's right <laughs> i love robocop that's a good movie let's watch robocop again i would like to watch that i didn't like this movie i i think it it was executed well i think it mm. Bad choice. Um, <laughs> it the the writing is pretty good. Everything about it should work for me. I just I did not enjoy it. I thought it was rough to watch, and it did not bring me any pleasure. It is a hard watch. It is a this is a I watched this film in twenty minute increments both times. Like yeah. I had to stop. There is a tilt where we get away from murder porn, and we just get into murder <laughs> no what we get it where we get into the straight up just action like revenge story like so, murder murder and at that point it just becomes like a gory action film and that's easier to watch than like him just talking to perverts who rub their like who pull on their nipples rings while he's asking about snuff 
That guy was but, my favorite. But this is my the, favorite pervert. Like, the, 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 really guy who, guy. Yeah. the guy who looked like the villain from Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. 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 So here's the thing. Like, you know, Max California keeps talking about how the devil's going to come to him. Like, like the devil's getting to you. The devil's getting to you. And when Nick starts putting everything together before he beats the shit out of Gandolfini with the butt of his handgun and kills him and then burns all the porn and everything in that thing, what he goes out. He called he, the porn or Gandolfini oh. Gandolfini. Well, yeah, because I like when Gandolfini showed up, I completely forgot he was in that movie. And I was like, fuck, yeah, he's dead. I miss him. I God his, damn it. I his chops. Though. Yeah, no, yeah. it's yeah. weird. That shit off. It's weird really seeing him with a full life. head of hair. Yeah. Well, I mean, like define full. Foolish. I mean, <laughs> foolish. Fuller. Fuller. Yes. Full for some of us. Yeah. But but like the the I think one of the interesting things that wasn't well executed, but I picked up on is the fact that. Nick Cage goes out to call the mom of the daughter and he asks for permission to go kill them. He said, remember when I told you I would you wanted when I asked you if you wanted to know no matter what, can you please give me permission? And it's a very BDSM sort of thing because he's asking permission from someone. And, And then once she says, yes, that's when he goes on the rampage. And I think that that could have been executed a lot better in the hands of a I don't want to say better filmmaker because Joel Schumacher was pretty fucking successful. Joel uh, Schumacher is a great filmmaker, which, again, we forget, given the yeah, nipples yeah. of it all. The nipples of it all is the title of your I will say, OK, a, <laughs> mm-hmm. a more a subtler filmmaker. Yeah, a more subtle filmmaker. And they would have they, they I, I feel like that that is the I mean, like that's the that's the that's the inciting action to wrap up everything and get the revenge. But it's also tying into all of this culture that he's been experiencing and diving headlong into to try and solve this murder. And it didn't, it didn't play as well as it should have. Now he calls the mom. The very next scene is Gandolfini tied to into this like burnt out house. Yeah. That post, that yeah, post, the, the support beam. And he's just like, who is it? And he get like, you just see the butt of the gun come down. And then Nick cage comes out in a sleeveless t-shirt covered in blood. I'm like, yep. we we've jumped the shark at this point. He then flies to New York to kill the machine, still with all that dried blood on his face. Yeah, I have to agree with Josh. I feel like once it got into that ending portion, it just became two different movies and they weren't being executed the same way. No. And I don't think it fit. I think it should have been a tighter ending. I think uh, if he had resolved everything in New York. The first time. Yeah. While Eddie Eddie and uh, the machine are all there. And just found a way, like, after he had run off, like, don't make him go back to Pennsylvania or whatever to talk to his family and this and that. Like, just get the ending done with. It just changed the the tension in the movie too much because it gave us, like, a little reprieve right beforehand, and then it goes into this. And this movie, like, everything about it is just building tension. I, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people who don't like the score for this movie. I like the score for this movie. I made a note of that. It it, was actually real. It puts you on edge and it takes you out of like a comfortable element. Yeah. Well, when he's in, when he's in George's mom's house and, and the Apex twin record runs into the runout group and it just is in that runout groove and he's and it's building attention. And that becomes, that becomes the soundtrack. You know, it's that circular sort of like pattern that keeps on repeating itself and repeating itself and repeating itself. And then he can't find him. So then he starts leaving and then the music starts back up and he's like oh shit fuckers here why why was the last fight scene in a fucking graveyard yeah right it was right next to the house yeah 
They fell out of George's. What? Why? <laughs> well, Why because he's a creepy guy. He's and a he creepy lives guy. in a creepy place. It's like an easy, easy burial spot. Yeah. Peaceful. Don't you want to see where the zombies are coming from? Speaking of zombies, uh, in 8mm, anybody clock a very fucking young, some would say, like, uh, larval Norman Reedus? Norman yeah. Reedus! Yes! Holy shit! That dude used to look like a like normal... Norman yeah, Reedus. Yeah. He, yeah. Looked, he looked like himself, but way, way younger, and, like, life had not punched him in the face. You're right, is when they have the initial shootout with the lawyer... Yeah, after Dino Stormare. gets killed... California. Well, yeah, Max California. Max California. But like that scene, like that should have just been a shootout. He should have gone home and then worried about whether or not he would ever be found out. The fact that there's 30 minutes after that is really where this movie falls apart. That kind of feels like uh, maybe Christopher Nolan should remake this movie because like there's always about like 30 to 45 more minutes after the end of this story arc i don't think christopher nolan needed to touch this one the audio was fine we could hear it all the way through <laughs> take that christopher nolan yeah he's yeah. gonna feel bad now oh yeah big time podcaster bringing him down <laughs> i think that guy doesn't even have a cell phone is that right yeah that's yeah. true yeah he has an assistant that takes notes for him yeah <laughs> well when our podcast comes out on a cassette that he listens to he's gonna be mad <laughs> yeah Put uh, this in my Walkman. But Listen I, to the podcast. I, I, I think I have to say, though, comparing both these films, I think this is the better film, but it's definitely a film I don't want to watch again. Uh, not because I don't like it, because it is a hard watch. I, I would say it is the more conventionally well-structured film. I also do want to say, at the end of this film, he gets a letter from the mom of Mary, the girl who dies. And she's just like, thank you for writing me. I was really mad that you told me that my daughter's dead, but I'm glad the men who killed her are also dead. I'm like, paper trail, dude. You're a yeah. fucking private eye. Yeah. And you're fucking, you're writing, you're writing a mother yeah. being like, thank I you. murdered some folk. Yeah, thank you for doing the murders on my behalf. I yeah. really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for murdering for me. He could have at least gone out there and given her that hard D that she wanted. That's oh, yeah, true. Oh, my God. She yeah. wanted Here's it. Here's a drink. You know, let me make you dinner. It's so depressing to eat by myself. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of quotes, do you guys have quotes for this movie? When he meets uh, Joaquin Phoenix in the porn store. Being like, wouldn't want to be embarrassed in front of all your fellow perverts. Also, by the way, um, the fact that it was called Adult Bookstore, it makes me convinced that it was um, 100% they didn't do a, a find and replace when they finalized the script. No. Have you never seen Adult Bookstore? No. Is that an actual place? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 100 per fucking percent. Oh, no shit. No, I mean, you, like, I, I you don't. Weren't, you weren't raised in the city. There I, is I, a in every no, major we, city. In every like major city, there is a in every major city there is a concrete bunker in the middle yeah. of just off downtown called Adult Bookstore. It's usually got a yellow bookstore. awning. Correct, it yeah. does. Yellow awning is their thing. We have oh. one in Salem also. Oh wow, golden showers. No, no, I I grew up in a town of lucky. I grew up in a town of four thousand people in the that. woods. And whenever I hear people talking about when they were young, and you they found were, your porn by the railroad tracks. No, we would find it in the woods in Bushes, a stump. Yeah. Or in in bushes, yeah. no one hundred percent. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's honestly, there's there's like a large contingent of people that found porno through the woods. I, like, and I was one of them. An era. I found porno in the woods. I but never I, found porno in the woods, but I lived in the city. I, I did. I ever tell you about the porno I found in the woods? My brother and I, we used to uh, have to ride down into town to lift weights during the summer. Classic. Um, As seven year olds. 
Well, seven-year-old strong man, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Little buff boys. That's what they called us. But uh, we were riding down one day, and like this is like uh, it's like an eight-mile ride into town. And about halfway down, we find this box on the side of the street, and we're like, oh, let's look at this. So we're looking, and it's like, man, that's like a lot of VHSs and some magazines and stuff. Well, we can't bring it down to lift right now, so we'll just set it aside, and we'll come back and get it, and we'll figure out what's in all of these. So we get them back to my house and there was like a weird foot fetish movie. So Whoa. this is where I started like getting into foot fetish. <laughs> this is where I started to learn about a lot more fetish things because I was probably like 14, maybe 15 at this point. Uh, so it had been like pretty run of the mill porno, uh, mostly P and V stuff. Uh, now it's like some foot fetish. And then there was one that was like heavy role play with. Uh, hold on. Wait, hold on. Is P and V pennies in vacuum? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I like the sound. It really gets it. <laughs> well, that's the sound I like uh, my ladies to make when they give me head. It's just like I like them to get down on it. And it sounds like they're starting a rough diesel. Like. <laughs> so, so it was a big old box of fetish porn that my brother and I had to weed through because I was still in the. I was still capable of selling porno to people at football games at this point. So what? When I was in middle school, I used to steal my dad's pornos and then I would package them up and sell them at the high school football games. Under package the bleachers, right? them how? Like I just wrap them up, like gift wrap them, like brown paper and tape so that they'd be in my backpack. And Oh, so if you got caught, it was a gift for a year. Yeah, that, that was the assumption. But, uh, I was selling some porno at the high school football game and a couple of my friends, also middle schoolers, pulled out some cigarettes and they started smoking. I was like, you guys are not good at this discretion thing. And so I start to leave because I've got a backpack full of my dad's pornos that I'm trying to hawk. And uh, out of nowhere, a cop shows up and I'm like, fuck. So I start running and then all the other kids start running. Cops hate porno. Yeah, well. I didn't want to just get associated with a bunch of smokers, degenerates and stuff. I was trying to sell legitimate porn. Yeah, I was trying to sell my daddy's pornos, his, his skin mags. Um, so I'm a kid and they catch me because I have little kid legs. <laughs> but they're buff because you're a little strong. Guy. Buff boy. Yeah, yeah, they still pump hard. But uh, so I get caught and they're like, what's in the bag? And I'm like, OK, well, I show them and it's like, What's that? I'm like, it's a gift for a buddy. They're like, mm, looks like a pipe bomb. And I'm like, motherfucker, this is St. Helens, Oregon. And they're like, we're going to have to open it. And so they fucking open it because I'm a kid and I don't understand my rights. They pop it open. and Then this cop's just sitting there with like six inches of porno in his hands, like just a fat stack. And uh, that's when my mom showed up to pick me up. No. And she comes around. She's like, oh, there's Nick with like three cops. And what's it? What do they got? (laughs) And she walks up. She sees what's in their hands. Immediately knows that it's my dad's. And she just like takes me home. And it's like, you're so fucking grounded. (laughs) But it's, it's not the first time that I've been caught stealing my dad's pornos either. So it's like, this is nothing new. It's just like, uh, now we're doing the now we're putting this out in public <laughs> yeah you escalated for sure yeah oh, jesus christ man. speaking of escalation this is not a segue i just want to fucking i want to i want to end this so i can go home yep um bad lieutenant colon protocol hyphen semicolon <laughs> comma new orleans ampersand 
<laughs> good ellipses. Uh, good cage, bad movie, bad movie, good cage, good bad, bad, good. It's a bad, bad, and I'm here for it. It's a all right, bad, bad. Uh, no, I'm not gonna say bad because I actually think it's a good movie because it's a satire and a black comedy. I'm gonna I'm gonna say good, good. I don't think that it whole. I don't think it's consistent enough to like be a a black comedy. I think it's Re- a little really too- like all of the all of it's like too- there's a Deus Ex Machina in a police station where he gets his illegally got like gambling winnings. Hey, we and, got like, we got back to it. I did want to circle back to that. Yeah, yeah. Let's circle back. <laughs> no, no, do it. No, yeah, I want to go home, guys. But let's hold on. No, and I, let's start. Oh, over. I've got another note about uh, eight millimeter and the way and the and the Welcome director. Welcome to Cage, Matt about why I made Nicholas Cage. No, I really thought. When that happened, I really thought he had OD'd and was dying, and those were his death rolls. Like, that movie... Oh, yeah, like the heat death of the brain? Yeah, that yeah. movie decides that it's over so abruptly. I think you're giving this movie way too much credit. No, I'm not. I'm really not. That's literally actually what's happening. As, as the two I people who have no it. voting power on this, yeah, I agree right? with Josh. Um, well, I'm glad you both don't matter. So, um, <laughs> I did want to go back to 8mm um, real quick. Um, and you talk about the framing, Sean. You mm-hmm. talk about how well it's shot, how well it's composed. Uh, the uh, DP of it is uh, Robert Ellswit. He's a very good director of photography he's yeah, been nominated blood yeah and he won an oscar for that and he's he does a lot of stuff for it's a cr- before, visu- like it's a visually astounding yeah. film. before paul thomas anderson started shooting his own films that was his director of photography of choice and there was something that struck me while i was watching it and it was like this kind of reminds me like the way that cage is wandering around in the dark in the shadows trying to uncover the mystery and everything really reminded me of the film Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I fucking love that Except movie. Except Gyllenhaal was more of a his his performance was more of a coyote, and Nick Cage was more of like a a rat or a cockroach, but like really really similar. And Robert Ellswit was the DP of both films and hmm. kind of captured that sort of vibe. You reminded me of one other part yeah. of uh, the early the early aspects of Eight Millimeter that I thought was unintentionally hilarious is every time Nicolas Cage finds a clue in the case, mm-hmm. it's after he stopped looking. Mm-hmm. There's always a Columbo style. One more thing. Like <laughs> he'll be like, he'll be watching the video and he'll be like, oh, and he'll like, he'll stop and like walk away. And then he'll like come back. It's like, there's someone else there. All right, Nick. So, uh, eight millimeter, good, bad, bad, good, bad, bad, good, good, bad, good, good, bad. I think it's good, good. It could be tighter in the end, but I think it's a good movie. Every score I've seen in the film has been bad, and I think it's just because it's a hard watch. It's not It's not a comfortable watch, but it's a very well-done film. Josh, as our guest, yeah. who has absolutely no say in anything yeah. we vote on, uh, what what would you put forward? Well, I, I, I'm going to say that it was a firmly mid movie. Um, if I have to say it's mid, then I'm going to say it's bad, because uh, I know that mid is not a rating and nick cage was he was okay in it like i think that he rescued himself in the back half of that movie so he was good cage in it um i think even though he was kind of like a yawny tired sort of performer and very mid at the beginning of it at the by the end of it he was he was good cage okay which movie do you think should go forward though oh you know i'm gonna say uh bad lieutenant okay my man (laughs) thank you peter I mean, I'm an eight millimeter guy. Uh, I like the tension. I like it's a better being put off. 
It's better. Right. It's a, such a better film. Yeah. I like that you are both voting for a movie that you're like, it's a hard watch that I don't want to see again. Oh, no, I would watch it again. I have no problems with okay. it. I'm not I, approved. I, I, I will say, I, I actually... <laughs> I actually am shocked at how not terrible it was. Yeah. Like, because I was led to believe, like... Yeah, it, same. Yeah. Like, I avoided it when I was younger. I mean, some of those reviews have to be coming from people who just disagree with the content. Yes. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. the one of the chief defenders of that film was Roger Ebert, and he was like, it's, it's great. And yeah. by the time you get to the film's last line from Nick Cage... Where he says, save me, you know exactly what he's talking about. And I was like, okay, yeah, that that tracks. But there was a whole lot of other stuff in there that could have been tighter, could have been better, better executed. Yeah, I can see both these films, though. I can see how you have like a concern over Cage's performance. But I read it as he's a very normal, like grounded person in a very abstract world. Yes. And he doesn't fit. He's a, a. square peg in a circle hole and i think i think that he kind of um or an amorphous hole he gets he it's it's <laughs> like of your choice. it's putting it's putting the triangle Final hole and cram it it's like that tiktok where you, the guy puts the triangle in the circle hole and the woman freaks out the square yeah. Hole. Yeah. no circle the square hole no uh, <laughs> oh, that was so great i after watching it i was like they're both going to pick eight millimeter and i will 100 percent understand their arguments for picking it yeah i knew it too no I didn't think I was going into this because I did not. I had such a hard time watching the first half of this film, but it really got to me by the end. It had no iguanas. Yeah, fucking. Where are the iguanas? You know what? There was an iguana in fucking Ghost Rider, motherfucker, and you hated that film. So shut the fuck that's up. A, that's a terrible movie, though. <laughs> We're done. This podcast is done. We're speaking of goodbye though, forever. We are actually almost done with this podcast. Season one. Next episode is our uh, last of season one. Snake Eyes kind versus... Of remarkable. So Willy's Wonderland versus Snake Eyes. Rounding out our fucking weird category. Oh, Brian seen... De Palma. I've yeah. seen neither of them. I have also seen neither. I, I, I used to own the VHS of uh, Snake Eyes because uh, back in the day, uh, Columbia Video Club was a thing. And that was oh, the yeah. selection of the month. And like little 14 year old me or whatever. Um forgot to send the card in so i had to pay for it for my allowance so i had it and i was like brian de palma is okay i i liked stuff that i shouldn't have seen at this age like scarface and the untouchables and one of those blowout is is fucking amazing (laughs) okay Uh, i have the blu-ray no 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 it's it's sound recorder it's sound recorder uh john travolta um, does he take his face off no he he uncovers a murder it's real good it's real Mm. fucking good yeah if a face doesn't come off, no, thank you. Good night, everybody. Peter. Yeah. I mean, say, thank fuck, thank I, the people. I, don't, I, I can't even thank everyone for this one. <laughs> Please, God, rate, review, subscribe. We love you all. Um, <laughs> I mean, Peter loves thank most you, of you. Thank you to our Sparkle Buddies. Josh, <laughs> Josh, you. Uh, hey, Sean, <laughs> Josie, Rico, Matt, I'm also Adam. here. Uh, I'm Sean. And special thanks to our cage dancers, Ira, John, and Freeman and Lance. And if you want to hang out and chat with us, we are on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it is at this point. Um, gonna give it to you. Yeah. X gonna give it to you. Also, we're not gonna respond to things you say. So. No. Uh, we are on Reddit at Cage Match Pod. And if you are interested in supporting us on Patreon, we are at Cage Match. So thank you for listening. X <laughs> gonna give it to you. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Does anyone remember when they looked like a less punch in the face version of themselves? Oh God, yeah. I've yeah. always been sexy. <laughs> I've that seen, doesn't that I've doesn't answer penis. I've always been 100% sex that Sean <laughs> Sean's seen your penis kissed by the moonlight yeah let's no. be fair my penis does the kissing come here moon so I'm kiss the shit out of you I can't remember what someone remind me what my shtick was up until we got into my sleep habits. like your whole thing or Typically just for this episode is fucking up segues <laughs> Uh, I asked you to do this to me too. <laughs> I would have done it whether you asked or not. Uh, 